0: Hi, welcome to Making Sense of Movies. I'm Claire. I'm Elena. And today we're talking about movies that did not become franchises. So these are movies that started with the first movie, expecting to make a bunch of money. Most of these flopped. Um, and we're going to talk about them because sometimes it's fun to talk about um, bad movies, but not all of them are bad. We, I loved some of these movies. And actually, the first one on this list is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo which out of the ones we're talking about is I would say the most critically acclaimed of all of these. Um, I I would agree. This one probably got the best
1: critics reviews out of the other four other ones we're gonna talk about today. Um, But this one is the version directed obviously by David Fincher. There was another girl with the dragon tattoo that starred like the Keith Stanfield and the girl from the crown. We're not talking about that one. This one stars Daniel Radcliffe. not Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Craig as <laughs> um, Mikael Blomkvist and Rooney Mara as um, Lisbeth Salander.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would have been <laughs> a very different movie if it had Daniel Radcliffe in it. He doesn't have—he <laughs> doesn't have that somberness that uh, that it takes to play um, M- Mikael in this.
1: And have you seen
0: the original Swedish trilogy
1: or the first no. one at least?
0: I, this is one of those movies where I had wanted to watch it for a really long time and I had never gotten around to it. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I would say, I think this would be a hard movie to watch again, just because it is very graphic in some of its scenes. It's, it's a very good movie though. Uh, especially with the opening credit scene, I was watching it and it has the immigrant song blasting in the, uh, at the very beginning with this, very it's an anime it's an animated opening that's just a yeah. lot going on I'd say that's the best way to describe it and I
1: would say it reminded me of kind of like a Bond film opening Yeah, where like most mm-hmm. movies today don't have like a completely separated opening credits mm-hmm. uh, this one does but I I have seen the Swedish version and then I've actually read the book oh okay so how does how does the movie compare to the book They have uh, some differences. One of the main ones is, um, if you don't know what the book is about, essentially, or the movie, it basically follows Michael Blankvist, who's hired um, by a rich man to find out what happened to his missing niece. Um, And throughout the movie and throughout the book, it's kind of like everyone is a suspect because everyone was trapped on this island for this one day. And they're all kind of like, nazis and white supremacists they're terrible people um and everyone thinks his niece harriet had died but you find out that she's actually alive so in the movie she takes over anita's identity or at least her her mate her um her cousin her cousin yeah anita's uh, identity and then anita just dies in a car crash and then she takes her name in the book she actually harriet does like anita does help her escape but um She actually moves to Australia and has like a completely new identity and completely new life there. So that was a little different. Um, I'm trying to remember what some of the other differences were. But overall, it was good. I think like I have, this is like the third time I've seen this movie. Um, It is very violent. And I think some of the choices in this film make it like very uncomfortable to watch more than once. Or even honestly, just like watching this, I was like, why do these specific scenes need to happen? Like there's a lot of very and it happens in the book as well and I think that also like made me question why there was so much violence against women in the book if you don't know the original Swedish translation is like um it has to do with like violence men who hurt women that was like the original English title
0: Yes, of- and, uh, and that does obviously translate over in the book I mean I'm not the book the movie I've not read the book uh because Harriet's father is first the one who's abusing her and then she she kills him and it was the father correct yeah yeah and then it's the younger brother who sees this occurring this violence between her killing him and then takes over the father's role of um murdering innocent women so yeah, yeah that's definitely a large theme within the movie and when I was actually first watching because I do love movies where like you're in the detective's shoes trying to kind of figure out are they a suspect like are they a suspect and actually when I was first watching I thought it was going to be Rooney Mara's character not who committed any of the murders but actually was the daughter the whole time which I'm glad that didn't happen but I for a while I had myself convinced that's how the two stories were going to come together um but as far as the way the movie was set up I do like how for quite a long time uh both of their stories are Pretty separated. Uh, no, the each, first
1: hour yeah. they don't meet, so the whole movie you know they're going to meet because they're kind of like paired up as like you know detective esque character and then kind of like both detectives. Yeah, um, and they're
0: great together. Yeah, and I also feel like as a uh, as separate stories, I was equally invested in both. They were both really interesting characters to follow. Yeah. So. Especially, oh. Yes. Go oh, on.
1: No, um, no, I was just gonna say so like, initially, Elizabeth, she kind of works for, like, a kind of tech security company, and she kind of basically does, like, background checks, illegally background checks, because she hacks into people's, like, computers and things like that, and she initially does this background check on Mikhail Blankfist. so she knows, like, everything about him, and he knows nothing about her, so that dynamic when they first meet is is very, is I really liked that, Mm -hmm. and then as it continues, like, he gets to know more about her, which was nice because you don't know much about her. Um, you know, throughout the film that she was declared like incompetent from the state. She doesn't have control over her own money. Um, and her previous caretaker or uh, like social worker had had a stroke. So she gets a new one and he's an incredibly disgusting man who abuses her and rapes her at one point in the film
2: mm-hmm. and
1: clearly had done this to several other women at least in the book it's made clear that he has like a history of doing this yeah um, and
0: his character was i mean obviously the this was the scene i was talking about where i don't think i could watch that movie just again just because of that specific scene i would have to skip over it i mean it was one of the reasons it was so scary it's just because he looked like a normal guy who could just be anyone and yeah. that's just horrifying to go through life thinking that it could be anyone who looks just completely normal who's doing these uh, sadistic things.
1: Yeah, and he's uh, he has power. Like the yeah. whole thing, I was watching it with my sister and she was like, you know, why doesn't she go and say anything? And I'm like, she's declared incompetent by the state. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't have power in her own life. So he completely takes advantage of that, mm-hmm. um, which is terrible. And then she kind of gets her revenge, which is a pretty intense scene where she... Um, like, takes a tattoo gun and writes, like, I'm a, like, rapist on his chest, and basically is, like, if you do anything, I will show the video of you raping me out, and, like, I want control over everything now, like, you're just gonna, I'm never gonna see you again, you're gonna write a report, and I'm eventually not gonna be, like, I'm gonna have control over my own money, which was, which was satisfying, Um, because now she regains her control that she originally had over her life,
0: You know she's a great character. And one of the other things I really liked about her was that you could easily take a character like her and it's kind of different since they did have material to base it off of. But just one dimensionalizing her character and saying, yeah, she's goth. Like that's her character, but she's obviously, and there are so many other characters who fall into that category. And Elizabeth is just not one of them. She's just very very dimensional, has just a lot going on with her character. Just Like, all these characters are just really complex.
1: Yeah, and I guess back to, like, the main mystery of this whole movie. Um, So, it's Christopher Plummer plays kind of the patriarch of... No, he's not not a father. He's just the head of this company. Um, And so, his niece had been missing for 40 years. So, when Blankvist, like, takes the case, he's like, what am I going to find? Which... Um, I don't know I don't know how, I've like, obviously I knew what was going to happen. I was wondering kind of what you thought about the mystery and kind of how he's able
0: to figure things out. I love the way they were able to figure things out because just the investigation was so realistic and it just, there was nothing coincidental about how they found any of the evidence. It was very much like, I can totally see this happening in real life and just following all the clues and talking to people, getting photographs in order to put everything together. So I really like that aspect of it. <laughs> but if I I don't have any guesses for who did it, but after my Rooney Mara being the daughter thing fell through, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna watch. I have no idea what's gonna happen from this point. I'm just gonna go with the flow.
1: Yeah, I think the most shocking thing for when I initially read the book and then also watched the movie was that she was actually alive because it's made pretty clear throughout the whole movie. Everyone believes she's dead. Like her family believes she's dead. Um, I forgot who Christopher Plummer, what his name is in the movie. Um, Heinrich. Heinrich um, believes she's dead because the whole idea was like, they live on this island in Northern Sweden and there was a crash. So you couldn't get off of the island. And that's the day Harriet goes missing. Mm-hmm. And she there's nothing taken. So like she, she, Claire, it was clear she didn't run away. But what actually happened was um, her her father was abusing her um, and after she killed him she thought she was kind of free um, and then her brother kind of also took up that unfortunate mantle and was also abusing her and he gets sent off to boarding school and then the day that she disappears she sees him again which is like a big a big thing in the movie is who is she looking at there's pictures of her looking really scared and leaving and then she um, kind of goes to Anita and she's like, "This isn't going to stop. Um, I need to get away." And Anita kind of helps her, basically hides her, and then takes her off the next day and they go to London. Now is it honestly
0: but, good riddance for her? It was yeah, right she deserves. Yeah.
1: Um, but the thing I think was something she clearly didn't realize either was Heinrich um, believed his murderer was send her murderer was sending these pressed flowers every year. On his birthday, because that's something Harriet would send him. Um, so I do like it's a little bit sad knowing she was sending that to him as like a message of, oh, I'm alive, but he was, he was taking just, it as, he Oh, her murderer is torturing me. Yeah. Which I was like, I'm, I am glad they they meant at the end. Cause there is one point where you're like, you don't know if Henrik's gonna survive. Um
0: Yeah, that was that was definitely a really tough scene. Um, especially I was reading one of the interviews with David Fincher, and he was saying how. This was like a five act structure, this movie, compared to your average three act structure and how at the end of a regular three act structure movie, that would be the ending where they're together again and everything's happy. But then this continues afterwards to where we still have kind of uh, a situation between are Mikel and Elizabeth going to stay together? What's going to happen to their characters? uh, What's going to happen to the money that was... Uh, within the bank account of the guy who screwed over Mikel from another company yeah so and the, the movie ends with well I guess to go back a little bit during the investigation Elizabeth and Mikel get together which I personally did not want them to and yeah, actually, I agree on while, that while I was watching it I was thinking I love this mutual relationship between the two and then, as soon as I said that, they started making out. I'm like, okay, well, there, there goes that idea. It just um, makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I was just like,
1: stay. Like this relationship, like, didn't need to happen. Like, I mm-hmm. kind of liked their like partner in crime relationship. I was like, it didn't need to become sexual,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it did.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it. At the, the movie ends with uh, Elizabeth driving off after she sees uh, Mikael is still with. Of the other lady who was married, I forget her name, Erica, her name was Erica, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, she has like an open relationship with her husband. Um, I do think when comparing this to like the Swedish version, and I think obviously so, because the adventure directorate directed it, this one has much more style. Mm-hmm. It's very stylized, it has a, a very like easy color palette, there's a lot of like cool shots and kind of, you know, Hands to reveals and things like that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, very that very cold. Very empty. well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like very cold, empty, lacking emotions, and like I feel like only it yeah. was the flashbacks that were more filled with the human human life and connection of when yeah just seeing the family happy or like happy for some quote unquote happy yeah. <laughs> uh for some people. I agree. I do have Herod's to ask you death.
1: this because I was confused about this when I was watching it. What time of year is it? Cause they don't start know. out and it's winter and then they don't quite get to anything. That's not winter yet. He's there for several months.
0: Yeah. I don't know how much time had gone by since then. It just, it's all so snowy. It's really hard to tell. It's really, in the in the book, it was like a whole year. Like that's how yeah. long he took. Like it took him
1: forever to get that first break. With the <laughs> pictures.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I agree. But, um, And then I guess probably talk about the reason maybe this one
0: didn't become a franchise. So it was supposed to be a franchise. It was supposed to be three movies. And that's sort of what the opening was setting up uh, with all those crazy scenes. It was supposed to be showing, uh, hinting at the other two books. And I think Rooney Mara sort of, she was contractually obligated to come back it just sort of fell through and i think sony just decided to reboot it if i'm correct yeah uh and i can't speak for the next movie in the series it's called girl in the spider's web you mentioned it before with uh claire foy oh, but yeah. i just feel like what made this movie work so well is the acting and david Fincher's directing so without those it really is just completely different
1: yeah i think this this one also i think like the other ones in, in our in our list didn't make as much money, I think, as it thought it was going to do. Yeah. Um I think this one I knew that as well. And also this one costs like a hundred million dollars to make.
0: It looks like an expensive movie. It does look
1: like an expensive movie. Our next movie, I feel like also costs a lot of money, but doesn't look quite as expensive. <laughs> um, we'll be the ones to judge. Our next movie is Jupiter Ascending. This was, I think, in 2015. Um, it this stars so many people um it starts mila kunis channing tatum um a lot of people a lot of good actors vanessa kirby is in it for like a hot minute (laughs) i Um, forgot
0: about that yeah
1: um so if you don't know this was directed by lana and lilly wachowski who did the matrix which is like a really great franchise and i think they've been kind of stuck trying to start other franchises they've done they did a really good tv show called sensate that i watched that unfortunately was canceled Um, but it just, they haven't seemed to have that, the same like popularity as the Matrix. And I'm gonna say this movie, I have a lot of thoughts. I love this movie,
0: but what are your thoughts?
1: I just think like, there's just so much going on and it doesn't like quite all make sense. And there's too much, like it's a sci-fi movie but it's trying to be fantasy and it's trying to be this chosen one thing. It's trying all these different things out, and I kind of just wish it stuck to one cohesive vision. Like, there was way too much, like, crammed into this movie to, like, truly for me to be like, okay, like, this makes sense. There were good, there were funny scenes,
0: but I, like, I don't, I wouldn't watch this movie again. I disagree. I, okay, well, (laughs) I agree. Hold on, I I agree with you when you say that there's a lot going on in this movie because there's certainly a lot going on. But I kind of felt like it just took a full swing during a time where there was only sequels and reboots coming out. So I like that they're not doing something that was uh, from previous IP and I just thought it was colorful and fun. Uh, And I really like Jupiter as a character too just because she felt like a normal person to me. And even though sometimes it did feel like she was um, sitting the side seat to her own movie because it was a lot of uh, people coming in and the action being put upon her rather than her doing the actions themselves. Yeah. I just thought like she was to me relatable. Just by the way, she's uh, always flirting with Channing Tatum's character and there's one oh, scene. There's. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's one scene where there's all these bees because they can sense her royalty. Oh and she was God. just like playing with the bees. and it's just like a lot of random stuff, but for whatever reason I, I related to Jupiter. I really like Jupiter. Wait, I have
1: to. I wrote this quote down. I was so, so in at one point in the movie, they're like, they literally say, bees are genetically designed to sense royalty. That's Amazing. a direct quote from this movie. I do agree. I like I can understand why you like this movie. I think there are like good moments. But I, like, one of my final notes was, like, I kind of felt like she rarely does anything in this movie. Like, it's just her being put into different situations with different people. Mm-hmm. And having, like, she rarely has control, which I understand, like, she's, it, she's going to different worlds, things are happening, but she rarely, like, has a say in what's going on. And, like, she, she even at the end, she doesn't even have a say at the end. Yeah. Kind of, what's going on. Um, yeah, she just, I, mm-hmm. she ha, has, she's just getting her way out.
0: Yeah and I just felt like and this might be silly to say but there are just so many movies with the main character being thrown into a magical new world and at this point we've seen so many heroines like either taking the role of embracing the whole world or just being these strong fighter type, type characters yeah. and Jupiter was just neither she was just kind of rolling on through all the different scenes and I could definitely see how that that definitely could be a negative but I just thought it was so amusing and it's just I don't know why they made that decision to really make her not really do that much, even though she did have a, I think uh, a strong moral compass, and she knew she wanted to yeah. save the earth. That's true. Um, um, but oh, also, we, like, oh yeah,
1: I, I need your full opinion. So essentially, what Jupiter is sending, like the, the main plot, if you could call it that, there's one. Um, is there are three siblings who are trying to basically buy control over Earth. So they could like harvest humans, so they can have eternal life. Like okay, uh, harvest yeah. beings, that's what they do. And Jupiter is basically—you find out in the movie—she is the like duplicate, or was it called? Um, she was uh, re- the re- reincarnated, reincarnated mother because they have
0: DNA. Yeah,
1: so yeah. she technically has the right to rule Earth, and therefore has a say over what's going to happen. And they're basically all—all all three of them are trying to manipulate her in a different way so that they have control over Earth. Because currently, Eddie Redmayne's character, Balam, he has control, um, and he's just sending out people to kill to kill her. And then Channing Tatum's character was set by another sibling, the young guy—I don't know his name—Titus. Um, um, so he can like take um, take her to Titus, and then he wants to like marry her so he can get control over Earth and whatnot. Um, I have to ask, what did you think about Balum? Balum?
0: Ba- that was Eddie Redmayne's character. Oh yeah. Okay, he was just at a level fifteen for acting, and it what? was def- <laughs> it was definitely such a campy performance. Uh so they they must have done that on purpose. But it was just so funny because per- the year before Eddie Redmayne had won the Oscar for Theory of Everything, and I was just watching okay. this, being like. Was this in the script? Are you just choosing to enunciate some word some way and just being so loud? It was just very, very villainous. Just like I said, a level. 15, but also, but he was having fun. He, he either whispers or he his <laughs> volume is on like five hundred.
1: There is no in between. Um, yeah. There was this one scene where he's just wearing like this long vest, just shirtless.
0: He's yeah, like, I, I don't
1: quite understand the choices. I,
0: I was going to mention that part because I was looking at it and I think I'm, I'm positive that the makeup was just done on to make him look like abs. Like he had abs <laughs> because I'm like, there's an Eddie Raymond. No way. No a way. Skinny you're, boy. Yeah. You're a skinny boy, but I, I had fun watching him on screen.
1: I, I do think there are definitely very campy moments. Um, Channing Tatum's character, Kane wise, who was like <laughs> half, um, wolf or whatever
0: he basically roller skates everywhere that was so cool he like yeah he ice skates in midair using the gravity and i was just thinking if i was in this universe i would totally want a pair that seems like so much fun and I'm, I'm
1: not a am I'm, I'm not a roller skating person i don't know he, it just said everything was just like on dial like 200 And i'm like everything can't be like that it's too much <laughs> Like, he has this, and he has, like, a whole backstory where he had winks, and Sean Bean comes in. He has oh, a daughter, yeah, that he has been a whole cut. backstory. <laughs> no, but I think he said, like, I liked when Sean Bean came in. I was like, cool, we're getting, like, someone with some common fucking sense. He's like, you know what? Like, this needs to happen. Um, And then, just so much. Um, I did, I did enjoy the costumes in this movie. I will say yeah, the that. the
0: costumes were good. I don't think that they (laughs) matched what was going on, but I did appreciate them. Yeah, because at one point she's got like this beautiful dress on and she's like, I feel overdressed. Like, can I change into something else? (laughs) They're trying so
1: hard to be this like outer world space. Where like certain characters have like huge ears and certain characters are like half robot. And just like, like there's no rhyme or reason to anything. Mm -hmm. like they were just like pointing at people and me, like you know what big ears you know what robot you know what but like you're gonna wear a weird dress like that's what's gonna happen i
0: kind of like that because it did make it feel very out of world and it wasn't just one of these movies where it takes place in space but like they're all humans for some reason so i I, they're not all humans eddie um eddie ribbons she has like a guy with a dragon yeah no that's like that's what i mean like oh uh, there are some movies where it's like they're supposed to be in space but for some odd reason they're just all humans and i feel like i appreciated how jupiter ascending they're just whatever you could think of they're on the screen yeah (laughs) oh can we talk about jupiter's dad dying in the beginning of the movie i i was so confused He Um, risked his life for his telescope telescope. and died because of it. And I was like, okay, come on. Like, you... Oh, why did that just happen? Like, you could have left your telescope, just buy a new one.
1: Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either. But also, like, that birthing scene in the beginning of the movie, we didn't need to see that. Like We did not need to see a child come out of a woman in, like, the first two minutes of a movie. That's in no way about like human species. It's about space. We all know it's about space. We've seen the trailer. Just show me space. Why are you gonna, oh, it's not. It's just like the first 10 minutes because they start out with the siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think, I don't know. I just think like there could have been more like world building where it made more sense. Because like when I was first watching, I was like, who are these three people? Like, why does one look so old? Like, why is this happening? And then they would like, kind of explain it halfway through like oh like this makes a little more sense but like not really I do appreciate though and I'll say this half of the questions I had she also the Jupiter also had <laughs> where like in the beginning of the movie like they have this huge fight in Chicago and Jupiter's like and I was like watching them, like, I'm like how are they going to cover this up and Jupiter's like how is no one going to see that and I was like same and then I had another question where they're talking about all this technology and I was like why don't they use it on other people she has the exact same question. So she's kind of me.
0: Yeah. Question and Mila things. Mila Kunis, she's just very charming to watch in this, I feel like. I agree. She was a good choice for this role, I thought. I
1: agree. Um, they do suggest some weird incest with did you did you catch on to that?
0: Between, between Titus Eddie... and his
1: no, no, Titus and his mother. Oh, it's like I'm very close
0: to my mother, and I was like, and I that's like, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, then, that is kind of weird that he wants to marry her, even though it would be a reincarnated version of the mother, even though it was for, like, political purposes.
1: It was, yeah, it was still weird. And, like, he was like, to like, don't worry, like, marriage isn't the same here. Like, it's not the same in space or whatever. And she was so freaked out. And I was like, yeah, you should be. It's still weird. You're still kind of gen- genetically related to this person you're about to marry.
0: Yeah, that part was a little bit confusing. Uh, but I feel like some of the stuff, uh, some of the political stuff in here, I just sort of like my eyes glazed over and I was just like, I just want this to be a space opera. Like, let's just, I don't, I, I'm not going to think about the nitty gritty of like what's really going on here because the more you look into the nitty gritty, the more it could be like, okay, but like, why is this going on? And why is that going on?
1: Oh, that's how I watch it. I watch a movie and I'm like, okay. So like, why are
0: you showing this to me?
1: this movie could have hundred percent been shorter if they took out like certain subplots from this movie.
0: You know? And yeah. So no, I definitely agree. And why why no sequel to this movie? Because uh definitely no critical acclaim uh or 100. financial success. Yes. Um I
1: think if they had just if, if this just wasn't so bloated, I feel like it could have been fine because I, I like the dynamic between the three siblings. I just mm-hmm. wish and the idea that like, they were using like humans as like commodities and they were just a pure a tool for rich people. I was Like that was a good concept. Like, but like it wasn't fleshed out enough. It wasn't like where I was thinking it was like important. I was just like, oh, okay. And then they would like immediately move on to something else. Yeah. Um, I did find it interesting that Kane Wise, maybe I wasn't paying attention, he says he's half wolf, but then he also has wings.
0: Yeah, I didn't really understand that either. Why they gave him wings and also were was comparing him to a dog because he had like the kind of the pointed ears. Yeah, and he kind of he kind of resembled a dog just like by the way he had his well, facial hair. And, yeah, yeah the, and the teeth. The
1: facial hair was distracting. Uh, yeah, It was it clearly not was his hair. Mm-hmm. That that part I was. I when I first saw him come on, I was like, "What is going on?"
0: And this no. is actually a role. Um, and my mom told me this. Where she was reading an article about actors who regret the movies they were in, and Shannon Tatum apparently put that this is one of those movies that he regrets being in. Oh. Which am I surprised? Uh no. I'm trying to know if they made I'm him I'm sure if he got made fun of for this. Like I would not oh, be surprised. Because yeah.
1: mm-hmm. his character, especially it's really uh, weird. It's just not it's just odd, and he does things that don't make sense. Yeah. Like even, he, even for in this movie
0: yeah and he's kind of his character is really just there to like kind of save her all the time and like lead her the right way because obviously this isn't a universe she understands it all
1: yeah he's kind of like the audience surrogate i guess for the universe mm-hmm. um but is there any other any other things you want to say about jupiter ascending
0: any other like i would defend I it would, i would recommend this movie and I'm giving it my Claire seal of approval. I am <laughs> recommending Jupiter Ascending if you don't take it seriously. Got it. Got it. Um, our next movie
1: is also a, um, a movie of a book I actually, I read called Beautiful Creatures, also in 2015. Um, this was starring the guy from Han, who played Han Solo in the, the prequel. Alden Ehrenreich. Yes. And then apparently uh, Jane Campion's daughter she did she directed Bright Star, Jane Campion. Oh, so huh. her daughter's in this movie. And um, Jeremy uh, Jeremy Irons is in this movie. Violet Davis is in this movie. Emma Thompson is in this movie. Um, a lot of yeah, a lot of
0: uh the cast in this movie <laughs> kind of stacked. stacked. Yeah.
1: And it was not that good.
0: <laughs> yeah I also read the book and I remember watching the movie directly after I originally read the book Same. which I really it's a it's a pretty good book no I being, it's, uh,
1: yeah. it's a good I reread it now and I do think there are like some problems with it mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I also like I read it in high
0: school and then I immediately watched the movie and it was just mm-hmm. so disappointing yeah because I feel like watching the movie the first time I didn't have many thoughts on it but rewatching it re-watching it now I kind of didn't like Ethan's character that much because he just always came on so strong and he was kind of annoying a point. And I, I was like, agree. can you just like leave Lena alone? Can you tone it down? Yeah.
1: And that's where I think they went wrong is that in this movie compared to the book, they didn't show why they liked each other so much, why they were so connected, like why he felt this need to like continually go after her. Mm-hmm. and that's where it failed because then you're watching the movie and you're like why is he being so strong yeah like why is he driving to her house the day he met her you know like why t- are these things yeah. happening and
0: especially when lena like tells him to go away and he doesn't go away yeah i like, was like listen I- I guess- to her mm-hmm. you yeah, know listen to her and that could be I don't know. At this point, that really can't be played off in a way that's, like, cute. Like, oh, he's going back for her. It's, like, at this point, if she says she wants to be left alone, leave the girl alone.
1: Yeah, I think just the pasting was wrong, and that was, like, one of my main complaints for this movie. It's, like, they, they changed the way that they initially met, and they changed the way of how certain things happened to where it just feels so rushed. Like, one of, mm-hmm. um, like, I, like I was watching the movie, and he gets like picked up from school in a car and then he goes to school and he's driving in the next scene he's driving down the road and it's raining and I'm just like how does he get a car if he gets picked up from school
0: that's a good point
1: like and then all of a sudden he's like meeting her and I was like that's not what happened in the book I don't
0: like that yeah, um, I mean I don't remember what happened in the book but one of the scenes I do really like is when she's in class and all the students um, are just being like so mean to her because they all basically hate her family because they're for no reason yeah basically for no reason because it's a very like very southern very southern town and they're just the different people in town so obviously obviously no one likes them but they're just being so mean to lena and she gets angry and all the windows shatter in class and i thought that was a very cool scene that was done additionally they have a lot of flashbacks to the civil war and I also Ugh. thought that was uh I thought it made it more interesting personally you,
1: oh <laughs> so that was like apart from the book if you don't know like, what this movie is about which I'm gonna say you probably don't there's not that many people that saw it <laughs> um it basically follows Ethan Waite who meets the new the new girl Lena and she basically has powers and she, on her 16th birthday, she is decided if she's like going to like the light or the dark. So like, if she's going to be good or evil. So she's like moves around a lot and they, you know, he likes her. So they kind of start seeing each other. Um,
0: But then and it was all because like her great, great, great grandmother uh, was in love with a mortal and he died during the civil war. And she uh, used her magic to bring him back to life, which is a big no, no in the, in their universe like they just can't do that kind of stuff so she brings him back to life and then becomes evil because of it and then immediately kills him again (laughs) yeah
1: it was like not a good move um that's um the girl from Miss Maisel I
0: was watching that and I was like is that Rachel Bronson? and it was um so now from uh all the women in the family on their 16th birthday they're either going to be good or bad and Lena's mom is like very evil so they're always separate her uh i don't know if she's ever met the mom probably i don't think so no she says
1: in the beginning of the movie she thinks her mom's dead
0: yeah and then she um she she also has um her cousin who the same thing happened to her where it was her 16th birthday and she's very concerned and leaves the house because she's just worried about what's going to happen to her and she does turn evil so that's sort of uh i thought that was well done because we got to see this could be Lena's future, even yeah. though we, we knew it wasn't going to be, but uh, I do think it was good to add in those flashbacks as well, because there's one scene where once she does turn evil, she lures this, uh, this guy across the train tracks to be hit by yeah. a train, which was a very, I thought, I thought that was well done personally. Yeah,
1: and then she's played by Emmy Rossum. If you ever watch Shameless, she plays Fiona. Um, I did think, like, there were good moments. I felt, like, Emmy Rossum, Jeremy Irons, and, like, Emma Thompson. Like, they were, they were like, really great performances. Mm-hmm. Like, they were having a ton of fun. They had fun costumes to wear. Great um, costumes,
0: I thought. A lot of fun like, dresses.
1: Yeah, and I was reading a review of, of this movie, and they were just, like, they were great, but it's not their story. Like, mm-hmm. we're stuck with Ethan and Alina
0: who don't necessarily have the greatest story. Yeah, they don't have a great story, and... I- I don't know. I didn't think the chemistry was great between them either. I kind of yeah. got there towards the end. Towards um, the end, but, yeah, I agree. But definitely the scene that I thought was most intriguing was between um, Lena and her mom. And I kind of wish they just focused... I mean, I can't tell them, oh, you got to change the book. But if it was just more focused on Lena the whole time, or at least the movie was, and her... Yeah like almost learning to control her powers I know that's also a story that's been done but I just feel like I thought Lena was a good character and I wish they would have focused more on the dynamic with her family instead of Ethan just showing up once in a while and being like I
1: agree I think also like it's like she says she can't control her powers but then she can like create a vine to help him go down her window like like there's still a continuity things. I was like, if she can't control her powers. Like,
0: why is she able to easily do this? And that's important in a movie like this because you need to know the limits of the powers to yeah. know when something's really going wrong.
1: Especially because, like, the movie. Yeah, especially because like in the book, everyone had like very specific
0: powers,
1: mm-hmm. and in the movie, that's not made inherently clear. Like what someone initially has control over. So it's like, oh, it seems like you can do anything, but that's not clear. um which kind of sucks I think like it would have made it more in- interesting like you said like it's good to know what people's limits are um and then I'm trying to think like I did like um so Jeremy Irons character is Mal. his name's not Malcolm what's his name um Macon Ma- make em? make them make um and he's essentially like the town shut in and he
0: the boo radley of the area yeah, the,
1: which yeah they the even era. to really hone in that metaphor <laughs> they read to kill a mockingbird <laughs> so that's how subtle this movie is um and he has pretty great costumes when you first meet him he's wearing like this white suit he's wearing like sunglasses inside i was like
0: he's great he looks like he's mm-hmm. having a good time yeah. um you know what i wasn't a fan of the fan of though the production design within their house Agreed. because Because it was just very futuristic looking, and I just felt like it didn't fit who they were personally. And maybe that's because they have, they're trying to put up this facade, and that's why the house is all traditional, but really inside. It's supposed to be representing, they're different from everyone else, uh, but through their powers. But I, I just didn't think it looked good. But yeah. It was a weird, like, center staircase, like, right in the middle of the room. It just sort of didn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, it, it really didn't um, make sense. Then also, like, they really did, they did Viola Davis a disservice. She's a great actress. She had barely anything to do in this movie. Um, she's, she's kind of, like, like she knows about the, um, the, like, Raven Woods and their powers and things like that. And she, like, has a library. But she's, she's kind of, I would say, similar to, like, Channing Tatum's character, where she's just kind of, like, this gatekeeper, and she's just spewing out information. Like, like and she cares about Ethan and all that, but, like, there's not much for her to do, which I was, like, kind of yeah. sad. I was, like...
0: Because if Viola Davis is in your movie, like, like you said, like, you got to use her. I know. and Like, <laughs> don't waste that talent.
1: And then, um at the end of the movie the whole movie is like leading up to this like they have this history project where they have to recreate um not recreate like participate in recreation of one of the battles or whatever oh, the
0: battle of honey hill
1: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of of things i was like did, did this needs to happen even like reading the book i was like they're 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 like talking about the civil war and they're not talking about like slavery or anything like that yeah. and I was like you can't address you can't do that mm-hmm. um But it's obviously the same day as Lena's birthday. So she's having like a sick party outdoors. And then they're all doing the battle. And throughout the movie, you see Emmy Rossum's character, Bidley kind of hang out with um, Ethan Waite's character's best friend. And the whole time you're like, why is this happening? And then you realize they're like, during the whole thing, they're like, okay, we're going to kill Ethan, because they're dressed up as these soldiers, they have these fake guns. So mm-hmm. at one point they're like, oh, let's just, like, kill each other and then we'll go, you know, do whatever we want. Ethan's like, sure. But Link has a real gun and actually shoots him. Um, but then there's a twist because it's not Ethan. It's actually Makeham Ravenwood.
0: like has to spell. be his, his sacrifice to lift the curse. Yes,
1: to lift the curse. So the whole thing is, like, because she she um reverse death they have to give a life um in order to reverse the curse mm-hmm. and I was like that's kind of sad I was like he was a fun character was like I know sassy. I liked him
0: yeah and then we it's like six months later after that and Ethan's going off to college and he's has forgot he's I did he have a curse on him or was it just I don't know, I kind of missed that part, how he just does not remember her anymore. Oh, she she does a spell on him. Okay, yeah, so she does a spell, and they do run into each other at one point, and she's got to be like, oh, like, that's so crazy, I have no idea who you are, when really, she's just, like, very sad on the inside, because she's like, oh, I still love you. And he's driving off through the town, and he leaves, but then he's like, oh my god, I remember who she is now, and then screams her name. And even though they're so far away from each other, but she She, hears it, she she hears hears it, and then cut to black. Movie to over. Black. The, Honestly, end of the movie. Biggest, biggest mic drop there is. <laughs> Let's just end the movie right there. And they
1: did. And they did. Oh, yeah. Um, Old move. I do, I do like, one thing I did like about this movie is that Ethan doesn't save her in the end. Like, she, she like, it is like Malcolm, like, make Raven Ravenwood, like, he sacrifices himself. And obviously, mm. Lena didn't want that. But in the end, like, she chooses to be like half light and half dark And the they can tell she has the two different colored eyes um yeah. and i was like okay so it, like in the end it's her like she has like autonomy like while the whole movie it's like she's like i have no choice i have no choice she in the end has a choice which so i did like that ending where like it didn't make him save her like she mm-hmm. ended up choosing for herself but overall i think it, it could have been better i think like the pacing could have been better to show like a bit more of their relationship and like why they like each other in the book they're like connected through these dreams and they can like hear each other's thoughts and things like that and i'm like i can understand why they didn't go in that direction but they also like that was the reason they were so connected and they were so like um interested in each other and then also i was annoyed in certain parts where like they did these big reveals where like you know when mac ravenwood comes into the church that's like the first time anyone has ever seen him. Yeah. That's and I was like, like yeah. 30 minutes into the movie. I was like, oh, okay. And then you find out Emma Thompson's character is actually her, uh, Lena's mom trying to get her to the dark side. And that also happened like 30 minutes into the movie. And I was like, hey, I feel like it would have been better if you revealed that towards the end. Mm-hmm. But that's just me.
0: No, I, I agree with that. And I never got around to reading the next book. I just talked to the first one. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of other books after this. So, I mean, I'm not going to read them, but I feel like the same reason, I'm not, I didn't read any of the reviews for this movie, but I don't think it did well financially, which is why it's not getting a sequel. I could agree. It was definitely
1: like 2015 was like the moment where like the Hunger Games was ending and like this is when Divergent came out. So they're definitely trying to fill that hole of like teen, young adult franchise movie like based on books
0: yeah there's a lot of competition out there though and i feel like if you're choosing between beautiful creatures and twilight like it's an it's an easy answer what you're gonna pick agree agree
1: um our next movie is the mummy from 2017 tom cruise this was supposed to be the start of the dark universe um, I didn't know anything about this. This is actually in the movie Claire Pig. So you can tell us a bit more about like what the Dark Universe is. Okay,
0: so the Dark Universe, uh, this is going to be their franchise and it was going to be all the Universal Monster movies. And before this movie even came out, they were just going so hard with it. They already had a logo that they played at the beginning of the trailer, and they that. had a cast photo with Um, other movies that they were going to mention like Javier Bardem is in there and Johnny Depp is in there so just already hinting at movies down the line that they want to make even though this movie hasn't even come out yet so The Mummy comes out and it's it's kind of just a boring action movie and it's Tom Cruise's character who's an army sergeant and he is kind of hypnotized by um, Sophia Butella's character, whose name is Amnat, um, Aminat, Aminat, sorry. Aminat, yeah. Yeah. And she was, her backstory is when she was in Egypt, she was supposed to be the pharaoh, but her parents had a baby right before that moment. So she made a deal with, um, like, the god of death that if she brings the god of death back to life, uh, he will help her become pharaoh. And this is sort of silly, because uh, by doing this um, and gaining that power, she she does kill her parents and the baby, but she does it in their sleep. So it's like, did you really need um, a god of death to help you, like, kill a baby and your parents in their own sleep? Like, I think you could have done that by yourself. But anyway, I digress. She was mummified alive for this, and uh, and... Tom Cruise's character and Jennifer, who's kind of a boring archaeologist in this. Yeah,
1: she's played by a good actress, I was
0: like. I know, and it's a shame because her character just isn't given a lot to work with. She's really the the exposition kind of character, but they have to stop this curse um, from occurring.
1: Yeah, she's played by Annabelle Wallace. If you ever watch Peaky Blinders, um, that's where I know her from, but mm. yeah. Um, I agree. I could read this kind of as like a boring action movie. For me, it felt very much in like the kind of like late early 2000s, mi- late mid 2000s kind of action movie. That's how it felt mm-hmm. when I was watching it. Um, it also started off with um, like Russell Crowe's characters, like he's doing a voiceover.
0: Yeah, because he's Mr. Hyde in this. And that's sort of one of the other things like, leaving all these different easter eggs for the different movies where uh so much of it is Mr. Hyde and he's got his own laboratory for capturing monsters basically and you can point out like oh there's uh like a vampire skull and oh there's the arm from the the creature from the Black Lagoon so it's just that's just such a cardinal sin in filmmaking like don't try to make your other movies in the movie that you just can't even get right because there's yeah. just so much there's just no direction from the director and you can kind of see that there's just so many corporate fingers in the movie trying to just make the most out of it for sequels and spin-off, which is really the reason i thought this would be good for um uh, for this episode since it really strikes me as it's just trying to set up its whole franchise and it's a, it's a boring movie with bland action sequences
1: I agree, and this was the movie that got us thinking about what other movies like didn't become franchises. So thanks, Claire. It's a good topic. Um, I do want to say they kind of like I don't want to say whitewash, but they make this movie pretty white for the fact that yeah. it's supposed to be like an Egyptian, like Northern African movie. Like they start in England. Like I'm, I was watching this. My sister was like, "Why are they in England?"
0: So much of like, it. This is in, yeah, the so movie takes place in London, and it's just very uh very cold colors um yeah it wasn't very exciting to like
1: the like visually i was just like hmm.
0: interesting and also
1: Mm -hmm. during her the ritual where she she, you know bargains with the god of death she's completely naked no
0: reason for that no 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 need for that at all she could
1: have been clothed in what she was already wearing Mm -hmm. like the effect would be exactly the same she didn't have sleeves it would have been fine but i was like okay whatever
0: No, I I do absolutely agree with that, and I just can't help but to compare it to the original Mummy movie, which is just so well done, still holds up, and Brendan Fraser is just so funny in this movie, and I just, I don't know why they cast Tom Cruise, because I guess they just wanted someone who had a big name, but he just really didn't fit this part at all.
1: I I agree. Tom Cruise does, like, certain things very well, like, look at the Mission Impossible movies, um... But this is not one of them. I, I just wasn't like invested in his character. Like the one thing I did like about this movie is that I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be like, you know, kind of like working with the mummy. And then so at the end of the whole like idea of the movie is that they, they open this the coffin where she is. Obviously, they do because no one can wait for an actual archaeologist to come and do shit. Um, and day she's looking for the stone that was for the dagger so she can let the god of death like live through a mortal body so that stone is in england which is why we started in england but i was like eh, that didn't really need to happen um but so she's kind of going there and she's using tom cruise to like get that and she's she wants to use tom cruise as like his vessel mm-hmm. and in the end he ends up stabbing himself and becoming the vessel but mm-hmm. he does it on his own accord, so he can save um, Jennifer Jenny, because mm-hmm. um, she dies in the whole like you know battle.
0: Um, and I yeah. actually I did have a theory. I think that if they were going to do the next movie, I feel like they may have chosen Tom Cruise because they wanted him to be the next Dracula for the next movie. Just because but he's the god of death, though. That's, he's a, yeah, no, he was the god of death, but. I just feel like and they didn't really show him um like a lot of what he looked like when he was transformed You're but right, yeah. i don't know why i just kind of got dracula vibes i could definitely see them in the next movie having him as dracula and having to go after some other monster and kind of working with jennifer and um mr hyde again maybe to try finding a cure for himself
1: oh uh, i can see that i did like i i when i was watching this i like the idea that like Russell Crowe was he's like a doctor, Dr. Hyde, Mr. Jekyll or whatever. I don't know. I, I've never actually read the book. I don't know who, um, who they are. I like that idea that he was like, you know, using it, you know, he has like a monster hunt, hunting, like business. I was like, I kind of wish we saw that movie. Yeah. Like him go like, that was like, like, you know, like a, a series him like mm-hmm. every week doing a different monster to hunt I'm like I can see that as like kind of fun kind of like Scooby-Doo yeah because um, if,
0: if the whole point is you want to bring in all the different monster universes that would have been a more straightforward thing to do instead of wanting to do that in the next movie just kind of combine it all into one where that's yeah, their this, job this felt like a backstory
1: movie about what to, like wh- whatever Tom Cruise's character was going to be in the beginning Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel like it was so, like, um, it wouldn't feel very needed. Yeah. Uh, and then, kind to think, oh, I was watching this with my sister at some point, and she loves to go do something else. Uh, and she, she was, we were watching at the point where they're having all the rats are all, like, going over Tom Cruise, and she was, she, she was like, she was like, oh, they spent a lot of money on the CGI, and not <laughs> enough on the script.
0: <laughs> that, that's a very good point. Yeah, the script wasn't that great um it's just like, I, yeah
1: no character but were
0: that fleshed out like not even Tom Cruise's character was that fleshed out I know the only character that I was ever really interested in was I mean I liked um Aminat I thought she was really cool yeah. like I said she was the coolest mm-hmm. of the movie and then Jake Johnson in this plays like the comedic character who dies and then like comes back to life as a funny hallucination and yeah. he's funny, too. He was amusing on screen.
1: He was definitely, like, a like he was needed in this movie. They knew. This movie was, like, too dark. Like, visually too dark.
0: Yeah, very um, dark.
1: The, they were trying to be too dark as well. It was, it was all dark except for the cast, basically. <laughs> yes, the cast was very white. Very um white. So they kill all the other characters off. Yeah. Like, he has, like, a sergeant, kills him off. Jake Johnson just, like, stabs him. Um. Yeah, there, I would say like there's like Tom Cruise is like the main character, and that's kind of it. Like I don't like there aren't any other characters. I was like, oh, I can point to you, and I can be like, I guess you're kind of supporting.
0: Mm-hmm. And I wish I just wish they would have built up Jennifer's character more, or even has it would have made more sense to have her as the person who was going to be the vessel. Because I feel like she it would have just made more sense since she was the archaeologist and she would have had more of an interest of oh I want to learn more about the past and like this is my way of doing so sort of thing uh because basically the only thing she was given was she was basically the character who would just scream Nick's name all the time whenever he was in danger and then just give exposition on all the historical uh artifacts
1: yeah it was like if she wasn't there like I think this movie could have happened Cause it's made clear in the beginning of the movie, like Tom Cruise and, and uh, Jake Johnson, their characters like steal um, artifacts. And then they, or antiquities, what they call it in the movie. And they sell them on the black market. It's made pretty clear. So they would have a hundred percent gone down that hole and seen everything, figured it out and, you know touched something and something else went wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, I did, I do wish they made her character like a bit more prominent. Yeah, it, wouldn't one, like, it, like said, like, it would make sense if she was the one, like like you said, like what makes sense if she was the one
0: under the spell. Mm-hmm. She had more to gain from it. Yeah, and I guess the only reason, the only thing I could point to Nick's character for is why they made him kind of not a great guy is just so he could be the redeeming hero at the end. Because yeah. they made him a thief, um, and not he was. I don't know. It's hard because Tom Cruise is still charming. But they wanted you to be like, he is not, he's not the greatest. Just so at the end, you could be like, oh, like, he's had his full character arc, which like, did he really? But I wouldn't call it an arc. He just, yeah.
1: he got Jennifer killed and then he felt bad yeah. about it. So he <laughs> decided to become the god of death yeah. and bring her back to life and mm-hmm. also bring his friend back to life that he yeah. kind of also screwed over. So I think if he's driven more by guilt than anything else. Yeah. It's, I don't know I thought the dark universe would have been cool but this is like not a great start
0: yeah no it was a good concept but you mm, can't recommend this movie why oh, yeah. no sequels because it doesn't it deserve good <laughs> yeah
1: um any last thoughts before we move on to our next movie
0: oh uh, if you're gonna watch the mummy watch Brendan Fraser's version much oh, better agreed. yeah and there's more more than one of them Um, They didn't all do well, but the first one was pretty good. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And then our next movie is A Wrinkle in Time. She's directed by Ava DuVernay, who did Selma. Um, This was a pretty successful movie. It made, I think, $100 million at the box office. Like, it was a pretty big hit. So I was kind of surprised they didn't have plans for a second one. I don't know if they did or they didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure
0: it was based off of a pretty famous book and I have not read that book, but from what I heard from other people is that this was a movie that's just very hard to adapt from the source material, just the way that the book was written. Um, and I, like I said, haven't read that book before. Um, the movie is a little, I don't know. I can't really tell because I feel like it was targeted towards a younger audience for sure. So it's, uh, even though the world can be very complicated, it's also very simplistic at times. And so it's, I don't know, it's this weird border between the two. Oh, so apparently
1: um, they could, yeah, they considered The Wrinkle in Time a failure at the box office, even though it made $133 million. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: and I guess this, it, it wasn't as big as I initially thought it was going to be. Yeah. And um, this is the second time I'm watching this movie. And the first time oh. I watched it when it came out, I kind of thought it was just like an unwatchable movie that I just wasn't good at all, but this time I'm like, okay, I kind of like this more than I did the first time. Yeah, I, I think out
1: of most, out of most movies and definitely compared, I think to like the last three we just talked about, i definitely like this one more. I like mm-hmm. the end of the end hour of this movie much more than I like the beginning. Mm-hmm.
0: just because th- it took a lot of creative liberties just with like the visual design which is very yeah, cool because very it's cool. Uh, a world that changes a lot they say it just has many different faces yeah. and it is sometimes the ground moves like a swimming pool and it's just like very denying physics i guess would be the best way to explain everything so yeah. it, all that i think was really cool to watch
1: and if you don't know what this movie is about um it follows Meg and her brother Charles Wallace and then their neighbor I forgot his name um, as they travel with three kind of supernatural beings to rescue her father who had been missing for 4 years and they're kind of discovering this new world and kind of t- and you know space travel and things like that so the miss the three kind of like supernatural beings is Mrs. Who Mrs. what's it and Mrs what's the
0: third one who oh, it's Who, What's, what's it, it, and which? Mrs. Witch, witch played by Oprah.
1: Yes, Mrs. Witch is Oprah. Mrs. What's It is played by Reese Featherspoon. And Mrs. Who is played by Mindy Kaling. Casting, yeah, who only I, speaks in movie,
0: I mean, in book
1: quotes. Which was cringy. Um, yeah, kind of. And I do think, like, they had some good casting. They casted Storm Reid as the lead, as Meg. And, yeah, you watched like, Euphoria. She's really good in that. And I think she was really good in this as well. Um. I did like her character because I think like me, she just questioned everything. Mm-hmm. She's
0: kind of like, what's going on? Um, yeah, and she kind of had a good reason just to not be trusting because yeah. especially like, the girls at school and the teachers were all just like really mean. It is funny. There was one bully named Veronica and Veronica is mean because at one point she puts on the locker of the day the father of the day uh, Meg's father disappeared. And there's a post-it note on the locker that says, happy verse." happy anniversary if only you disappear too i was about to say that because i saw that and my jaw dropped and i was like, I was like that is so mean so then so she mean. got uh meg at one point threw a basketball straight out her face and that was very fun to watch <laughs> that was great yeah
1: and they kind of like try to redeem veronica um where they're kind of like oh like you don't know what anyone is like going through and mm-hmm. um they allude to her like her body Um, image issues and I was like I understand those things but saying you wish someone would disappear
2: it's not that's not
1: right yeah like and then uh, Andre Holland makes a makes a little cameo in this movie as her principal who I was like nice nice love it um I'm gonna say this because this is like the most annoying part of this entire movie I did not like Charles Wallace
0: Okay, yeah, I completely agree with that. Even the name, oh, Charles, Balls, he, I, I, I can read right from my notes. The little brother reminds me of Sheldon Cooper, mm-hmm. and Sheldon yeah. Cooper is a, kind of just an annoying character. So I, I agree, and I think one of the reasons I didn't like him so much
1: is because he doesn't talk like a kid. He's very, he has these like very specific like sentence structure that sounds more like an adult, mm-hmm. and he's just so. He's just like, he's like, I'm so smart. I know everything's right. And I was like, you're six years old. And yeah. all the other like supernatural beings were like, oh, he's the smartest. He's so great. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, I don't trust this six-year-old kid. No, Mike neither I. definitely all. doesn't trust her brother. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and that's why, and that's truly why it annoyed me because like, she, like, he's such a know-it-all, but he he doesn't realize that like, that's kind of rude. hmm is to say things and be like oh like you know like of course like letting mrs watson into the house like of course that's what you're supposed to do i know her and the mom and meg are like she's legitimately a stranger please don't
0: do yeah, that yeah like a wacky looking stranger like charles wallace like and who names their child charles wallace for all and he of our charles on going wallace listeners out there i apologize but not a good thing
1: but he insists on going by charles wallace Mm-hmm. like just, just go, go by, by Char- Charles. Charles CW like there are nicknames like the whole name's a lot mm-hmm. um, and I feel bad for the kid actor because he's cute but like his performance is just making me like really once he started focusing on Meg I was like a
0: little happier I was like okay
1: we're yeah. back to, Meg, to was, Meg Meg
0: was just the better character yeah
1: but I, I related to her much more mm-hmm. Um. so I'm trying to think like what else Chris Pine was good in this he was good. He's not in it that that much, really. Um, it was really sad. So towards, um, I think one of when when I started to really in, enjoy it was when. Um, so the whole movie, they're like looking. They kind of travel to a different world, and they look. They're looking for her father because there's this like darkness that's going to take over the world. And this darkness is essentially like. Um, I I wrote I wrote it in, in my notes. It's like the reason that people are like
0: feeling bad and being
1: insecure and i was like i don't necessarily agree like that's the message we should be putting out that like
0: it's a supernatural being doing those things but okay um yeah and i feel like one of the things that didn't come across well within the movie is that they're so afraid of the it but they never really show like what the it can do to them within that moment because like they do show the neighbor and um her body issues and Calvin's father who's abusive or, or who I or don't verbally verbally abusive yeah yeah but demeaning in, um, yeah there's at one point Charles Wallace it's like dr- and he's sort of just reincarnated as the it at one point and he's like dragging um Calvin and Meg and the father like through this alley sort of that was really terrifying yeah that was terrifying but I just kept on thinking like once they get to the it like what's it going to do to them in that moment yeah that's I was gonna say
1: like I, I my one of my overall notes is like I didn't feel like concerned for the characters because I you didn't you don't quite get the grasp of yeah. what like the antagonist is doing mm-hmm. like there are terrible things like it shows the it also like her one of I guess it was like her name Her not her neighbor like one of the like the old guys he's getting like Beat up by a bunch of young kids. I was like, that's really kind of scarring. Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't like really make sense because it's like, okay, if the it is doing all these things, they can take it away. So we're all just going to be great and amazing. Like, is that what we're we're trying to say? Like, is is Veronica starting like going to be nice to Meg now, even though she was terrible all before? And is Meg just supposed to like accept that?
0: Yeah. I almost think it would have been better if instead of having the character as the it, they would have taken the characters. And at one point they show Meg and her uh, quote unquote, like perfect counterpart of, oh, this is what you could be. And I think it would have been more impactful if they did something similar to that, where they held uh, the real Meg and the real father captive and sent back. Like doppelgangers of, we're sending yeah. the worst version of you back out into the world, and keeping you here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I did like, I did like the except uh, for at the end of the movie, there is a cool scene where, um, there's like all these houses and it's all these like same kids all dressed the same, like bouncing a ball. And that and was then they, they all leave and it's really creepy, and then they go to the beach. Um. And they're, like, eating food. And Calvin, who's, like the Meg's friend, like, eating, he's, like, oh, this is delicious. And then um, Charles Wallace, full name, is, like, this tastes like sand. And I was, like, interesting. And then you realize it's all just an illusion to get to Charles Wallace. Mm-hmm. I like that part. Um, I did also, I, like, felt for Chris Pine when he finally, like, reunites with Meg. And he's, like, he's, like, oh, like, it's great um like happy to be here and then he realizes he's been gone for four years yeah because for him it didn't feel that long i was like oh, mm-hmm. oh man
0: you know that was definitely uh, a touching scene between those two um and it took place within um drake's call me by uh, you used to call me on your cell phone music video set i
1: didn't mind i thought that was a very cool set i was like no i thought
0: it was cool too but i just did see I so want. many comments <laughs> saying that like oh it looks exactly like that music video.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would agree on that. I'm just trying to think of like other things. I did like the overall message, like in the end of the movie, when the it is like, oh Meg, like this is who you could be. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg is kind of like, you know what? Like I'm gonna accept myself and my flaws because that's what like makes me me. And she ends up like defeating the it and getting yeah. everyone home. And I was like, oh, like that's like a really great message. And I think like, if, like, that's a, like it's a good thing to show to children. Because Meg, like, mm-hmm. really does struggle throughout the whole film, like, with feeling, like, fear and anger and sadness. And and she kind abandonment. Of wants to sh- abandonment. She wants to just, like, shut it all out. Because she's like, it's worse to feel these things. And she's kind of, like, impulsive. And then everyone else in the movie it was like, you shouldn't shut these things out. Like, you need to be feeling these things. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, a really good message. And I like that. Obviously, since this was geared towards younger children,
0: like that's a good thing you should be telling them. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, closing statements on a Wrinkle in Time? I would say I would be interested to see what the other movie did because
1: I I liked Meg, I liked what Ava Ava DuVernay did with the film. I thought like the direction was well. Some of the lines were like a little bit cringy. Mrs. Who, um, quoting like current things was like a little bit too on the nose. I yeah. did think Reese Witherspoon was hilarious in this movie oh my god there's I I legitimately had to pause and I was laughing for like two minutes straight when you first meet her she like is wearing this really weird white (laughs) costume with Mm -hmm. a hood and it's raining outside and so she she literally like she puts on her hood and she 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 yells like wild nights are my glory and she just runs into the street (laughs) and I could not stop laughing it was so funny and obviously oprah was
0: amazing I- you yeah, know th- i was gonna say uh the three misses they were they were great to watch yeah, and i did were- i didn't like oprah and Reese witherspoon's characters just a little bit more than mindy kaling just because i wish they didn't have her quoting the book so much just because i i still kind of wanted to hear her talk but obviously if that's a a main part of the book like i understand why they kept that <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought Ruth Gillespie was hilarious.
1: Like, mm-hmm. she was just saying things on her mind, not caring who was listening.
0: Yeah. Was oh, and I, I do have a final question for you, Elena, because I was, I feel like a lot of these are YA novels, and there's such a trend these days of taking YA books, and instead of giving them a sequel, turning them into TV shows or, um, yeah. mini, move, or mini movies on TV, so... If one of these movies deserves redemption through TV, what, what are you greenlighting here?
1: I would say a wrinkle in time. Oh, okay. I think you could really like expand on the world and the characters and even like the budget themselves mm-hmm. if you were um, given like a bit more of like an hour episodes instead of like a two-hour movie.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think? I was gonna go with Uh, jupiter ascending just because i i like this movie and like you were saying with the wrinkle in time with this i would want to explore the universe more and i was specifically thinking like after this movie took place it'd be cool to see how they dealt with the if they're going to continue to well obviously mila kunis's character wasn't going to let them harvest the earth but i want to see like a court case drama within this universe of deciding whether or not the corporations get to do that anymore and I just think that might be fun. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks.
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, the next thing we're probably going to do is going to be kind of an Oscars, um, either like live Twitter, Instagram sort of thing. So please follow us if you want to know what's going on.
0: And you'll uh, want to th- know what's going on. You'll want to <laughs> know. <laughs> thanks for listening. All right. Bye.